Hello, and welcome to the Williamsburg Unitarian Universalists. We are a vibrant liberal religious community that treasures diversity, practices justice, and teaches love and respect for everyone. We grow spiritually through worship, shared learning and service, and relationships that go deep. As we say each Sunday, whoever you are, whomever you love, whatever your image of the holy, your presence here is a gift. All are worthy, all are welcome. Good morning, and it is my pleasure to welcome you to the Williamsburg Unitarian Universalist online worship service. I welcome you to 2021 as we start this new year here together as a community. May we find the strength and patience we will need to meet the challenges of the coming year, as well as finding moments of peace and renewal and friendship and pleasure. In the spirit of reigniting our creative spirits in this new January Soul Matters theme of imagination, we warmly welcome the UU painter and art teacher, Addie Hurston, as our guest speaker today. Some of us have had the pleasure of meeting her at SUSE or taking art classes from her. Dave Robbins is our pianist. Les and others helped with greeting. If you're on Zoom at this time, you might want to change the speaker view so that you'll have a better view of whoever is speaking. If you'd like to follow along with the order of service, I invite you to visit wuu.org to download a copy. If you're visiting here today, we are glad you're here. We invite you to say hello in the chat if you'd like. If you'd like to sign up for the email list, you can visit our online visitor form on the website. After the service, everyone is invited to join a facilitated small group Zoom conversation to check in, talk about the service. We also have a special group for visitors and newcomers to gather at the end of the service. If you are new or newish and would like to meet other newish, newish folk and others that have been around for a while, please let us know by typing into the chat. The membership book is open for signing virtually today following the service. If you have completed starting point or pathways to membership one and two, or are transferring from another congregation or have completed the coming of age class, we welcome you to announce your intention to sign towards the end of the service and you'll be added to a special breakout groom group to sign and signify your commitment to WUU.
Thank you, Dave. Again, welcome. We are happy that you have joined us. Whether you have come seeking comfort, encouragement, or inspiration, you belong here. You are seen here, even if we cannot see each other physically. If you are a visitor, we offer you a special welcome and a warm thank you for joining us today. Now I invite you to join in saying our welcoming words. Please, as you say these words, speak them to each other and know that we are connected across the distance. The words are pasted into the Zoom chat. Let's say them in UU unison together. People on Zoom, we will unmute you so that you can hear each other as we embrace and experience the chaos and the mystery. <laughs> come, come, whoever you are, whatever whatever you are, whatever you are, whatever
years it will live and shine transfigured in the final reign of right it will pass into the splendors of the city Good morning. Oscar Wilde wrote, a map of the world that does not include utopia is not worth even glancing at. For it leaves out the one country at which humanity is always landing. And when humanity lands there, it looks out and seeing a better country set sail. Progress is the realization of utopias. So come, let us worship together. Let us hail the glorious golden city, for we are the builders of that city, where wrong is banished from its borders and justice reigns supreme over all. Come, let us worship together. Thank you, Addie. Now, please join me in saying the words to light our chalice. If you have a chalice or candle handy nearby, please go ahead and light it now. And we will join Ben and Vanessa lighting their chalice. Again, we'll unmute you and we'll say the words in unison. The light of truth and harmony of peace, peace in our hearts, peace in our community, and now it is time for our wisdom story, our story for all ages. And the story that I'm sharing with you today is a Kamishibai story. And if you haven't heard of Kamishibai, Kamishibai is a special storm, form of storytelling that is from Japan. And what they do is um, they have these big cards, these big illustrated um, pieces of paper, and they have the story on them. And as the storyteller tells the story, they flip from one illustration to another. And, um, you know, of course, the, the some of the best Kamishibai stories illustrate their own stories. Uh, this is one that I bought, uh, had it ordered from Japan and then had it translated by a very nice woman in New York. Um, this is the story of baby wifey. Once upon a time, there was an old man and an old woman and they lived in a hut at the bottom of a mountain. One day it was, time for him to go gather some firewood. So he started off up the mountain. As he hiked, oh, his old bones, they became weary and the joints, they swelled and he ached. He had his pains and he continued up the mountain despite all of those feelings. And then he got to a wellspring 
at the very top of the mountain, he found water bubbling up from the earth. And he thought, I'm so tired. Maybe if I have a little bit of the water, I will feel refreshed. So he did. He leaned down and he drank and he drank and he drank some more. And then his energy was much renewed. He gathered up the firewood and bounded down the mountain. And when he got to his home, his wife looked at him and said, husband, you look as you did on our wedding day 40 years ago. What has happened? And he ran and he looked at himself in the mirror. And what did he see? But a young, handsome man. The fountain that I drank from must have been the fountain of youth, he told his wife. Well, this got his wife very, very excited. And she started up the mountain herself to find that special fountain of youth. And when she got there, she drank and she drank and she drank some more and she drank some more and she drank some more. Oh, I want to be young and I want to feel energized. She just drank and drank and drank and drank and drank. Later, night fell and the husband wondered, where is my wife? He looked around for her and then realized, wait a minute, what if she wanted to drink the water from the fountain of youth herself? Maybe she is there. So he got a torch and he ran up the mountain. And when he got there, what did he find? But a wee little baby. Oh, wife, he said, you drank too much of the fountain of youth. Oh, dear. So he picked up the little baby and they went back home and relived their lives, not as husband and wife, but this time as father and daughter. And that is the Kamishibai story, baby wifey, Oshimai, the end. Thank you. We now invite you to a moment for reflection and prayer. I invite you to take a breath, to call to your mind those who are on your hearts today, joys and sorrows, the waves that knock us down and our recoveries, the ebb and flow of our lives. We continue to send our prayers out to all of those battling COVID, those recovering, those who have been on the front lines, doctors, nurses, chaplains, grocery store, cashiers, pharmacists, postal workers. Let us now enter a moment of meditation with words from the stillness packet this month from Steve Garnus Holmes. Even sequestered, we can busy ourselves and forget to stop. When we stop and wait for others in the gap, 
we enlarge ourselves, when the merely important stops for what is beautiful, when we let a little Sabbath interrupt our busyness, the holy enters in the empty spaces. Stop and let the holy breathe in you. Who knows, in the pause, angels may parade the neighborhoods of your soul. I've got peace like a river, I've got peace like a river, I've got peace like a river in my soul. I've got peace like a river, I've got peace like a river, I've got peace like a river in my soul. got joy like a fountain I've got joy like a fountain I've got joy like a fountain in my soul I've got joy like a fountain I've got joy like a fountain I've got joy like a fountain in my soul I've got love like an ocean I've got love like an ocean I've got love like an ocean in my soul I've got love like an ocean I've got love like an ocean I've got love like an ocean in my soul well, I've got pain like an arrow I've got pain like an arrow I've got pain like an arrow in my soul oh Lord I've got pain like an arrow I've got pain like an arrow tears like raindrops got tears like raindrops got tears like raindrops in my soul 
I've got tears like raindrops. I've got tears like raindrops. I've got tears like raindrops in my soul. But I've got strength like a mountain. I've got strength like a mountain. I've got strength like a mountain in my soul. I've got strength like a mountain. I've got strength like a mountain. I've got strength like a mountain in my soul. I've got peace like a river. Peace like a river. I've got peace like a river in my soul. In the spirit of generosity, each Sunday we make an offering from the bounty we are blessed to enjoy. If you're joining us for the first time, please know that your presence is gift enough. This week's offering goes to our general operating fund to help cover all those essential things like staff salaries, continuing programs, Zoom accounts, social justice initiatives, and building maintenance for the campus that we will return to this year. If you'd like to give through our website, please click on give online to WU if you'd like to give by text. You can text the dollar amount of your gift to 757-500-0688. Thank you so much for your continuing generosity.
Thank you, Dave. <laughs> that was such a perfect pairing for my thoughts I'm going to share with you this morning. I love imagining a perfect world, a utopia where our ideals are put into practice. As you use, we are called to action to create that perfect world with peace, liberty, and justice for all. The word utopia was invented by Sir Thomas More in 1516. He spliced together the Greek words for no, u, good, u, and place, topas, to get the words utopia. In other words, no place, a place that doesn't exist. He wrote a book about a fictional island in the Atlantic Ocean called Utopia. On this perfect island, there was no private property. Everything was owned commonly. Women did the same farming work as men. Everyone wore the same clothes. People only worked six hours a day. So far, it's sounding good, right? And then every household had two slaves. Hmm. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, hospitals were free. <laughs> Priests were allowed to marry. Divorce was permitted. Lawyers were unnecessary. And religious toleration was upheld, unless someone was an atheist. Scholars believe that when Sir Thomas More wrote the book Utopia, he was not writing a roadmap to a perfect place that he believed to be obtainable, but that his work was a his book was a work of political and social satire. More was a devout Catholic who was beheaded during the Protestant Reformation. Elements such as divorces being permitted and religious toleration in the fictional land of Utopia were not ideal to Sir Thomas More. And as Lord Chancellor of England, he had ordered Protestants to be burned as heretics before the tide turned against him. Nevertheless, in the years after Utopia was written, many people looked to the concepts in it as ideals to be recreated in society. The communist movement, for example, embraced the concept of no private property. The labor movement pushed to have a limited workday and organizations like our own Unitarian Universalist congregations value religious toleration, even for the atheists. <laughs> Ideals change over time in our communities and with each person. The world that Thomas More would have fantasized about creating would have been immensely different than my own. We all dream. We all create these castles in the sky. A few other examples of idealistic dreaming include James Hilton's Shangri-La, a valley of paradise hidden in the Himalayan mountains where people age slowly. Or Alan J. Lerner's musical Brigadoon, which we just heard a sample from, that it has um, features a mysterious Scottish village that appears only one day every hundred years. Along with peaceful perfection, many of these dreamy utopias contain some sort of fountain of youth, a magic that slows or halts the aging process 
And I have to agree, that sounds nice. Although if it is anything like our baby wifey story, it is possible to have too much of a good thing. I recently found an old book written in 1939 called The Ancient Secret of the Fountain of Youth. In it, the author, Peter Kelder, claimed that if you perform a set of five yoga poses every day, you will become younger, stronger, and more vigorous. He claimed that a friend had discovered this ancient secret while visiting a Tibetan monastery in the Himalayan mountains, much like Shangri-La. And it is an interesting little book to read because in it, the author obviously saw youth as an ideal. And there's this sense that if you can be young again, everything will be perfect. If you're curious, you can read the ancient secret of the fountain of youth for free on the internet because it's in the public domain. It's a short little read, it's fun. I had my own utopian fantasy when I was a teenager. And it all started when I um, began taking French language classes. I read French literature. I watched French movies. I ate French food. I read about French art. I tacked impressionist posters all over my room. I deduced that French culture was less puritanical than my own, that they valued liberté, liberty above all else. France became my utopia. I studied. I listened to language tapes over and over and over again, imagining myself going off to live in France, that perfect ideal country. And finally, the day came when I went off to be an exchange student at the age of 16. Now, when I arrived, I found that indeed there were many things that were pretty awesome about France. I had the good fortune of staying with a host family that owned a seafood restaurant called Fruit de la Mer, the fruit of the ocean. And they fed me five course meals every night. It was pretty nice. I didn't even have to butter my bread because the bread itself was so good. But there was trouble in paradise. Our group had numerous delays due to train problems, traffic, strikes on the streets. And it was very gray there. Perhaps because of all of the French paintings I looked at, I imagined a colorful, almost tropical place. But the sun did not shine his happy face often during that fall when I was there. And last but not least, I still had my own aches and pains. If I stubbed my toe, it hurt just as much in France as it had back home. Go figure. <laughs> If I went too long without food, I got grumpy, just like at home. I still suffered. <laughs> I had what the Buddhists refer to as dukkha, the suffering that's inherent to being human. And toward the end of my stay, I took a day trip to Paris with a group. We hiked all about that day, and I was feeling very melancholy, sad that my journey was almost over, deep down disappointed that my French utopia wasn't all it was cracked up to be. I was looking at the ground, darting around the rain puddles, when we came to an intersection and I looked up to see where I was going. Across the street, there was a second story apartment window. 
hanging from that window was a banner. And the banner said in English, as if it was written just for me, <laughs> bloom where you are planted. And upon reading this, I had an aha moment. I realized how much I had put all of my hopes and dreams into a fantasy that didn't match reality. I realized that if I wanted to bloom, that is flourish, I needed to cultivate my own soil, no matter where that soil was. I needed to open my eyes to what was great about my home. I needed to be re-enchanted with reality. And I did go home much happier after that epiphany. If we are to adapt and move forward and pool the resources that shape our world, we must be aware of the inevitability of change. Your life will change. Your ideals will, will change. The only constant is change, in, according to Heraclitus. If we want to bloom where we are planted, we must be flexible. <laughs> we must allow our seeds to drift through the wind and to land on that fertile, messy, muddy ground. It can be liberating to let go of the notion of perfectionism. It can be liberating to have your eyes opened to the wonder and delight that is right in front of you to be re-enchanted with reality. But I contend that it is good to dream. It is good to brainstorm ideas to make our world more just, sensible, and fair. Our ideals say a lot about us, what we strive for, what we value. Our ideals prompt us to change. And several of our UU principles, such as principle number six, the goal of a world community with peace, liberty, and justice for all, embody ideals that can give us direction, ideals that can help us to sculpt reality to be the best it possibly can be. The fantastic ideas found in utopian dreams can come to fruition. This dreaming is an important part of the creative process that leads to innovation. I want to incorporate my utopian ideals into my daily life, and I want to recognize and appreciate what's working. I don't have to cross an ocean to bloom. I can cultivate my soil right here. And as we have had to adapt to quarantine and the social distancing because of the COVID-19 pandemic, I have needed, I don't know about you, but I have needed to remind myself constantly of this lesson that I should cultivate my soil right here, that I should bloom where I'm planted, that I should make the best of every situation that I am in. For example, I usually teach in-person painting classes, which I love doing. And because of COVID, you know, of course I've had to adapt as so many of you have had to adapt. I've had to move my classes online. And some days I found it hard to accept the reality that had changed. But I know that resisting, swimming against the stream won't help the situation. 
I need to go with the flow of this great river and have found that creating the online class videos hasn't been too bad. <laughs> this special quiet time has also made me reconsider my ideals. I have loved driving my car less. In fact, my car's actually died a couple times because the battery went out because I've just not driven it at all. <laughs> um, and I feel so much less stressed because I'm driving less and it's better for the environment. And I know that when we open things back up, I plan on continuing to drive less and make an ideal for myself. Back to our Oscar Wilde quote from the beginning, he said, progress is the realization of utopias. In other words, if we examine our dreams, our ideals, and then work toward those goals, we can move forward. We have moved forward. Consider that in 1535, Sir Thomas More, the author of Utopia, was executed for his religious beliefs, and he had executed others for theirs. We have moved forward. Things are not perfect, but we will continue to put one foot in front of the other. And Sir Thomas More wrote in his book, Utopia, in 1516, things will never be perfect until humans are perfect, which I don't expect them to be for quite a number of years. <laughs> to find peace, we must find a balance between accepting what is, blooming where we are planted, and working slowly and steadily toward our dreams. I believe that these two opposites, finding peace through acceptance and finding peace through action are both true. Wisdom is found in knowing when to accept what is and when the moment is ripe to take action. Wisdom is not found by drinking the fountain of youth for true peace can be found at any age. Wisdom is not found in a far off distant land. It is found within ourselves. Or as Rumi said, I've been knocking from the inside. To find peace, we must be enchanted with reality as we build our world to be the best it possibly can be. And now we will sing together our closing hymn number 108, My Life Flows On an Endless Song. My life flows on an endless song above earth's lamentation. I hear the real, though far off him, that hails a new creation. Through all the tumult and the strife, I hear the music ringing. It sounds an echo in my soul. How can I keep from singing?
songs of the night and give it up. No storm can shake my inmost calm while to the rock I'm clinging since love prevails in heaven and earth. How can I keep from singing? When tyrants dare as they Prison cells and dungeon bars are thoughts to live when friends by shame are undefined. How can I keep? How can I sing from singing? Thank you, Addie. And yes, indeed, we need, I like the idea of blooming where you're planted. Now let us say the words to extinguish the chalice. And we spotlight Ben and Vanessa and canine. <laughs> we invite you to blow out your candle at the same time and the words are pasted in the Zoom chat. And here we go together. We extinguish So we're at our closing words, and I'm told you guys sometimes hold hands virtually by doing this. So welcome, I welcome you to do that. I think that's so fun. I've never heard of doing that before. Lovely. H.G. Wells wrote, the modern utopia must not be static, but kinetic. Must shape not as a permanent state, but a hopeful stage leading to a long ascent of stages. Nowadays, we do not resist the great stream of things, but rather float upon it. So may you flow down the great stream of things May your life flow on an endless song, and may you hear the real though far off hymn that hails a new creation. Peace be with you, friends. Thank you for letting me share my thoughts with you today. I hope they bring you comfort and joy.